Welcome to the More Than Hearers podcast. Yo soy Ryan Williams. With me is... I'm allergic to soy. I was going to say that. Uh, Peter Willis. A soy allergic Peter Willis. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined it for you, man. No, no, it's fine. I mean, uh, you, right. you, you, you knew the segue. So uh, before I... You just beat me to it. Uh, we talk Bible on this show and uh, allergic reactions sometimes. Uh, we are in the book of Luke today. Um, I want to let you know a secret. You can get a hold of us through email. Why is it a secret? Uh, do you uh, want to hear a dirty word? Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember those commercials? What? Do <laughs> you remember those commercials? It's oh, like water pollution. Water pollution. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was a Pandora commercial for years. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, our email. So, yeah, podcast at morethanhearers.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash morethanhearers. Uh, Peter is on Twitter at MTH underscore Peter. I'm at Orion Plays Music because that's the thing I do. And like I said, Book of Luke, uh, we're here. Last episode, we started the Book of Luke, chapter one, and we're getting into the birth of Jesus this episode. Um it's nearing Christmas time as we record this, but this is this is content that's good anytime. But I'm I'm more excited for this than I thought I would be, which just sounds kind of weird to admit. It's like, why wouldn't you be excited about the birth of Jesus? But I, I actually had such a good time just doing Luke chapter one that this is I'm just I'm kind of amped for this more than. Are you now wishing we'd have gotten Santa hats? That was probably yeah, that was a good idea. Ah, I should have done it. I should have done it. Yeah. It just seemed a little weird to tie in like the biblical account of Christmas with Santa hats. If for some reason Santa hat to me just says Christmas. It's, yeah. It, it's like it, Jesus in a manger or Jesus being held by his mother in the swaddling clothes. That stuff should probably more symbolize Christmas, but for some reason, Santa hat. It's like, you throw a Santa hat on anything, and I'm just like, ah, it's Christmas. How can you be angry with a Santa hat on? Oh, I'm, I'm sure there's video. I, but those are, that's not good. Like, you put on a Santa hat, and it just, it, one, it makes your head hot, and it makes you sweat. That's true. Jolly? Does it make you jolly? Jolly. It make you jolly. I think jolly, yeah. I think... Uh, the reason my beard is slowly turning white mm-hmm. uh, is probably years of Santa hat wear. So turning into you've heard the four stages of your life according to Santa Claus. No, tell me. Uh, stage one, you believe in Santa. Okay. Stage two, you do not believe in Santa. That escalated quickly. Stage three, you are Santa. Okay. Stage four, you look like Santa. Ah, okay. Uh, yes. Four stages of life. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, anyway, I, I don't know why that needed to be in there, but there it was. Luke chapter 2. It's uh, Luke's gospel. It's Luke's story about the life of Jesus, Luke's account of the life of Jesus. Uh, we, we covered chapter 1 last episode, and it was um, the prophecy of the birth and the coming birth of John the Baptist, the prophecy of the birth of Jesus. Mary gets told what's going on, and then the birth of John the Baptist. And so we open Luke chapter 2. And in verse 1, and 
if you've been a student at all of the Bible, uh, particularly Luke and Acts, which were both written, written by Luke, Luke does a great thing where he gives names and places. And, and by doing that, he gives more validity to his story to the readers of the time. So it opens with, in those days, Caesar Augustus. And so somebody goes, oh, it's when Augustus was Caesar. Caesar, a title, Augustus, a name. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And verse 2 says, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So the reader of this, who we know is written to a guy named Theophilus, goes, oh, oh, okay, that was uh, 86 or whatever it was. It, it was AD whatever, although at the time they wouldn't have known it as that because um, they wouldn't have had BC and AD. They just would have had, it's like year 47, 16 I or whatever I wonder what they called, did they, do we know what they called their years? It typically in Roman calendar, it was the like the sixth year of Caesar Augustus. That's not helpful. Or the sixth year of Caesar Tiberius. How much math then you have to do? You have to like count back how many Caesars ago something was. And, and you're then you like, have to okay, remember the current guy was was Caesar for like three years. And then, and then before like him was that other guy. He was Caesar for like eight years. Yeah, like that And so it's the fourth year of the other guy who ruled for 12. So it's like 17 years ago. Oh, that's a mess. It's that was it. all that. They couldn't come up with a better way. That's so, you know what the, the stupid thing about that is? That's so uh, Caesar centric. It, right? it was their I know. society at the time. But it's just like so stupid because they made all these advancements in all these other areas, like in ways of thinking and philosophy and uh, Greeks more so. But like government structure uh, and social improvements yeah, I mean, and, and, yeah. I mean, and infrastructure. So much, they did so much right. Yeah. To give them some credit, right? Like, but then to go to choke on. Well, we're gonna name everything based on like everything, like that months. And, <laughs> that and the later lighting Christians on fire and such. That wasn't so good. Either. I'm not saying they. <laughs> I don't even want to give ascribe like a percentage of how much they got right, but still, they they did a lot right. To choke on the counting of the calendar just seems like. I mean, they really blew it there. Uh, you know, dude, they blew it. Okay, they blew it. I don't have the history, but do you know what October means? It's something, something eight. Something to do with eight. It's but the 10th month. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And even like September, like that's seven. seven. Yeah. Well, I guess some point they went, oh, uh, we should throw uh, July Julius or something. And yeah. then June, some other guy in the middle of the thing. And they th- it threw all the other months off. Like. It's just ridiculous that they they choked on the timekeeping. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. I, you don't have to. I'm, I'm not I'm so wild it. about this. I don't either. Probably I'm because October is the is the tenth month, and it should be the eighth. And I, I just learned this, and I'm mad now. Whenever I see October on on a screen or a paper. Yeah, it, you're right. A, a stop sign being an octagon should have ten sides. Down with Rome. <laughs> Down, don't worry, it happens. Okay. Spoiler alert. It comes. Well, not at this point, but later. Not, not even in this burns. book. That's precisely <laughs> what happens. Wow. Is this prophecy? No, it's not. Okay. So this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph. Uh, Joseph has just entered the story in the book of Luke, but he appears in other books. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house 
and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So background uh, notes for you, because uh, some of it's not in Luke, but we know it from the greater story, also covered in Matthew and Mark. So uh, mostly in Matthew. Mary's this, uh, we covered it in episode one. She's this virgin girl. She is pledged to be married to a guy named Joseph. History tells us that if Mary was a girl, virgin girl, pledged to be married, she was probably 13, maybe 14, 15 years old, 16 on the outside, like oldest. Now that sounds, what? That's terrible. They married all 13-year-old girls. Remember that in Jewish society at 13, you became an adult. So not like, I mean, she was pushing old maid if she was 16, like not really. It's trying to be exaggeratory, but Orion's not smiling no, by I, poor attempt at humor. So I, it, I'm gonna it, let it go. I'm just I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm with your your motion here to paint that in a light that is contextual because like we totally don't we totally don't have the same culture. She's not twenty four. Well, I mean, yeah, she wasn't no, no, she wasn't. She wouldn't right. have been. But but the way like we consider uh you know our children like like we don't let them do anything on their own until they're an adult or whatever. 18 or later and they don't know how to, to do anything yeah because we've sheltered them so much and so i'm not saying uh go any, marry off your 13 year old yeah, daughters there's nothing about that no but at you know at at age six or younger maybe i mean people would have been helping on the farm they would have been working for the family business they would right. have, they would have been contributing to the household they wouldn't have been playing xbox for hours on, you know, on end and avoiding cleaning their room there'd been no time to get a messy room because they've been working so it was right. just different times and like we need to understand that that's what that's about it's not it's nothing weird about that it's just a different time and joseph is probably older uh, I couldn't give you how much older, but I've heard as much as early 20s. Joseph wouldn't have been able to go seek a wife until he had established himself, um, whether it was in the family business or whatever. We know from other places he was a carpenter, maybe had a little cabinet shop. I don't really know. But then you were pledged to be married. In, in, in Jewish culture at the time, a couple was betrothed. They're pledged to be married to what we would call an engagement now. But it was legally binding. To get out of an engagement, you basically had to get a divorce. Um, it was a thing. And so they are pledged to be married to each other, but haven't actually been married yet when Mary gets the word that she is with child. And it tells us, I think, in Matthew's gospel that Joseph finds out that she's pregnant, and he's like, people are, we're in deep trouble here. This is societally unacceptable in this time scandal it's frowned on in today it is scandalous in this era it is scandalous and i'm going to explain more of that here in a minute but so the bible says that he had a mind to divorce her quietly which noble guy i mean he could have he could have according to jewish custom drug her out in the street and had her stoned to death you know turning up pregnant i didn't sleep with her as she got pregnant she sleep with somebody else that's all outside of marriage that's no good uh killer off of their head or whatever. I don't know. But instead it says he had a mind to divorce her quietly. I'm just going to send her away. She can go be a single mom and do her thing or whatever. She's on her own, but I don't want any part of this. But I'm not going to I'm not going to subject her to ridicule. The Bible then accounts recounts to us that an angel appears to him and goes, I know this all seems a little weird, man, 
but she's pregnant with the Savior of the world by the Holy Spirit. And you got to stick this out because um, you'll look really bad if you bail now. <laughs> like, that's not really what he says, but that's basically the truth of it. So they move forward. I don't know if they got married in secret or what, but, but what happens is, is fast forward nine months later, and uh, Caesar Augustus goes, uh, I need to know how many people we have in the Roman world, mostly for budgeting and taxation purposes, or maybe just because he wanted to know. And so Luke goes, this is the first time they've counted people since Quirinius became governor of Syria. So he's given a time point for it. And you had to go to your hometown to register. So maybe you were working out of town, but for the purpose of the census, you had to go to your hometown. So Joseph, being a descendant of David, has got to go to the town of David to register for the census. It's Bethlehem. That's where they've got to go. It's not where he lives. He lives in Nazareth in the Galilee area, but they've got to go. And they've got to go at such a time that Mary is close to any day having this baby. And here's how societally unacceptable it was that she had gotten pregnant before they had consummated their marriage. I got to thinking about this a couple years ago in prepping to tell the Christmas story for a church thing. Of They went to Bethlehem where... Joseph's whole family was from and figure if they had to go there to register, Joseph's whole family had to go register and they couldn't find a place to stay. They couldn't find anybody to crash with. Do you understand? Does it give you a glimpse of how uncool this whole thing was? They had nowhere to go. Everybody's got somewhere to go. But that's how unacceptable what had happened was. Is he was in town where his family was from, which meant the rest of his family was in town, and they had nowhere to stay. This was not an easy road for them. And so let's pick it up. Um, uh, verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And I wonder, too, if, you know, Mary's nine months pregnant and Joseph's like, Mary, we got we to gotta go to Bethlehem. And she's like, this baby's going to be here any day. Can we just hold out? And he's like, yeah, but we got to go by next Tuesday. So if the baby hasn't come, we got to go. And it gets around to like next Monday and the baby's still not come. And he's like, we got to go. And she's like, this is not going to end well. And so they, they head off to town. They got nowhere to stay and no plans. And by now, all the rooms are taken. There's not a Motel 6. There's no Red Lion Inn. There's nothing. And they get into town and they're going hotel to hotel. And everybody's going, sorry, I got no room. Sorry, I got no room. And he's in at like the last hotel in town. I'm, there's a lot of conjecture here, but it's supported in the story. And you got to see him at the counter going, come on, man. I really need a room. And the guy's like, I got nothing. And Mary goes, Joseph. And he turns around and her water's broken. Mm. And the innkeeper's like, in my lobby, I got continental breakfast in 12 hours. Like, I, I, the stable. There's, uh, it's, there's towels. It's, uh, it's all I've got. Go. And they go. And all they've got is like this stable. And so Jesus is born. And remember episode the last episode of the angel appears to her, you're highly favored. Again, he says, you're highly favored. You're going to give birth to the Son of God. And Mary sings this great song. That and you can't... romantic. Right? And then nine months later, she's in a barn. And she's going to wrap her baby in whatever she can find and just stick him in a manger because it's all they've got. 
you got to, I wonder, and we don't know. We won't know till we're hanging out with Mary and Joseph later of, what was that? What was going through your head of, even, you got to wonder if Joseph goes, this is really king of the whole world right here, son of God. We're in a barn. He's in a feeding trough. Like, I can't even imagine what was going through their heads. Mary's 13, 14, 15 year old brain of, what, what is this? Nobody, none of our family in town will even talk to us. We're in a barn and I just had a baby in a barn. Like it's, it's a crazy thing. Like it's, it's the greatest story ever. It's the birth of our savior, the, the key to our salvation. But I got to think in the moment it was a little much. Maybe, I don't know. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with I, that. But. I, uh, I want, I want to get this out there now. It's a good time. Please. When... What time of year do you think this happened? Do you think December 25th or more like the 24th? Do we have the day right for this whole birth no, of Jesus? not even close. So it's probably so like April. November or? No, April. 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 It was the spring. 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 Okay. So, Based on what we know about uh, the census and some other things, it's commonly thought to be probably in April. So most, most people listening probably already know that... Uh, we don't, of course, know the exact date, but why do we choose December? Probably some pagan thing. I think we covered this in an episode before. Did we? We did, because I uh, had shared, because I just recently listened to this episode, I had shared that I went through a season of, how funny to use season right there. I went through a season of time where it's really common in church circles, and if you're one of these people, I'm not criticizing you, let me tell the whole story. At this time of year, for everybody to elbow each other and go, remember the reason for the season. Ah, okay. And I got really jaded about the whole thing because, for those of you who don't know, I'm about to ruin Christmas for you. Uh, probably not. Maybe I will. I don't know. If you go back to the Dark Ages, 12th, 13th, 14th century, somewhere in there, I'm not exactly sure when, the, uh, the common thing in pagan cultures outside of the church was to celebrate the winter solstice, December 21st on our current calendar. And they did this by sharing gifts and all of this. It was a pagan practice. And the Holy Roman Church, the Catholic Church, which was the only game in town prior to the 1600s, it was the, I wanted to call it Protestant Church, but it was the Catholic Church, so it wasn't Protestant. Protestants didn't come till the 1600s. Anyway, uh, it was the only Christian thing, was the Catholic Church, said uh, you cannot... Uh, good Catholics don't participate in pagan festivals. We don't, we don't do that. But more and more and more good Catholics were participating in this pagan solstice celebration. And so the church took this attitude of, well, if you can't beat them, join them. Uh, for the 25th of December, we will celebrate the birth of Christ. We will call it Christ or Christmas. More Christ? No, no. no. Mas Christ. Christ. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah. that was the birth of Wayne. December 25th, Christmas holiday. And so I went through this season where people are like, remember the reason for the season? I'm all, you mean pagan rejection of God, gift giving to celebrate the solstice? That reason? And people didn't like that. But then I realized, you know what? Why not celebrate the birth of Christ? Right. Really, we should be celebrating the birth, death, resurrection of Christ Every day. Daily, yeah. Besides just Christmas and Easter. Well, thanks for reliving that painful memory. Sorry, it's not painful at all. I, I'm in a better no, place. No, it was painful to someone out there. I mean, oh, I wish I had reliving. a hat on to share it now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, so it's fine. I, I'm, I'm in a better place about it now. I love 
Christmas. Everything that it entails. All of it. From the baby Jesus in the manger to the tree and to all of it. I just love Christmas time. It's, it's as the song goes, the most wonderful time of the year. There we go. Okay. I won't sing. So, <laughs> verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, as they usually do, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I'm just curious. There's no doctrine here or anything. Anybody else, while I read this, have heard this dozens, if not scores of times in their lives in the old King James? And as I read it, you're going, wait. Those aren't the words. <laughs> As I'm reading it, I'm like, wait, where's the, the where's the good tidings of great joy? It's just good news. It's just as funny to me as I read it, it didn't lost sound something. right. Because we're in the NIV and I've heard it. You know, I think Linus says it in the King James in the Charlie Brown Christmas. I don't know. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven, it says in the NIV, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Can I pause you? Please. Uh, never saw this before. Oh, I'm ready. Uh, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Fast forward to, uh, which one? Verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. This reference of the Lord sending the angels and that they were going to go on the Lord's command to go see the Lord who is in a manger. I just, I'm just like, whoa. I didn't do enough research to explain it, but so, and it's all capital L Lord. There's no little L Lord because there's a little L Lord. It's, it's just a term. It's a title. It's the same word. Yeah. But it's, it's a, a, well, yeah. But it's the, the capital word, L yeah. is referring more to a proper. Yeah. A title, a title, but the, the, the okay. Bible wasn't written with capitalization. So I don't get hung up on the capital okay. stuff. But, but yeah, you're right. No, I, I actually do. It drives me nuts that uh, the NIV doesn't capitalize more. Um, but it's, it's an aid. It's a tool. Yes. But it's not... Uh, it's not blasphemy if it's not. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm but, good. But okay. So anyway, that was just my like kind of a... I got a little, a little bit of a mind... Woo! Is it, woo. It, it's it's a little weird. It was cool. It it's was, it, and and it's it's nothing doctrinally like like earth no, shattering no. about that at all. It's just like that's cool. And I usually do a better job of pausing at commas than I did with verse eleven. Today has today in the town of David a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, 
the Lord. We, we always, you know, we, the old King James, he is Christ the Lord. Right. But it's actually separate. Uh, they're, they're separate titles. Well, there, were, there were no punctuation. In no, the but they Bible, are separate titles. Original writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Messiah or Christ, we think Christ is Jesus' last name. Yes. It's, it's, not, it's a title. <gasps> it's a title. It's, it's not his last name. It's not, it's not like he was Jesus Christ, son of Joseph and Mary Christ. Right. It's not Christ was another term for Savior or Messiah or the promised one who would save God's people. I think it means uh, anointed one. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I think so. Or promised one. Promised uh, one? It could be. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the major when they seen him. When they had seen him, sorry, a little bit Either of country, little country boy came when out. They when they seen, seen him, him <laughs> they seen him. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And I love this, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And we're going to see this come out of Mary again later uh, in Luke's account. But you know what I shared at the beginning of how overwhelming the moment must have been. How much relief was there when some shepherds stumbled into the room and went, hey, we were out with our sheep, uh, tending our flocks by night, (laughs) when suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to us and the glory of the Lord shone about us, and we were sore afraid. Sorry, there's King James again. Hark, the herald. (laughs) And then Hark, who's a herald (laughs) angel, he sang. Um, (laughs) No, but you almost wonder if that's where that relief came from for them of, this moment didn't appear like anything they thought it would be. It didn't happen like they thought it should happen. And then all of a sudden, these shepherds stumble into the room and they go, uh, some angels told us we'd find a baby here. It seemed a little ridiculous, but there's a baby here. And uh, they said, this is the Messiah, the Lord. And it says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart. of Almost just a confirmation of the word of God she got nine months before. Because in that moment, it, I gotta imagine in that moment in that she could have used a little something. She could have used a little something. Yeah. It's it's cool stuff. It's there's a lot of other stuff here, and we don't need to dwell on any of it. But there's a really great teaching you can find it. It's all I'm sure I'm not the first guy to teach on it. I probably won't be the last. But shepherds weren't like the pinnacle of society at the time. Um, they not were, yet. Yeah, not yet. They uh, you wouldn't have had any in a play. Um, they weren't super great people. They, people didn't like shepherds. They were dirty and filthy, and they were kind of weird because they were out in the fields all the time. They with didn't really mix and... well with society. They smelled bad. It was a crummy job. It didn't pay well. All of that. And that's who God chose to declare the birth of Jesus when it happened. It's, it's kind of a cool thing. God comes to the least of us um, with the coolest of stuff. Anyway. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. And on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Uh, Orion. Peter. Is Jesus a unique name to just this child? No. No? No. Um, uh, it's the first time it appears in the Bible. It uh, it's not it uh, it is but it's not uh, interestingly I wish I knew uh, the complete ins and outs but Jesus is the same name as Joshua correct and Joshua we have 
in the Bible prior yes. to this, I think several times. There's a whole book, Joshua. Uh, it's probably mentioned in there. Yeah, once or twice. I think. I think it even shows up in Exodus. You hear a lot of people say uh, Yeshua. Which is the Hebrew. It looks like Yahashua. If you look at it all spelled kind of, out yeah. to me, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, if you look at like a proper or whatever. Uh, ang- but but see, these are all names that have like taken uh, other languages' unique pronunciations and translations. Uh, uh-huh. Transliterations. I'm not one of that's probably more correct. One or both, and and so then we we get Jesus now, and it feels kind of weird knowing that historically, like knowing that his name should be Josh? said this. Yeah, Josh. Go Josh. Josh. Yeah, but but I think it just speaks to how God, regardless of what you whatever what you call him. I mean, who calls him? I am. But that's what he told Moses. His name was. But not in English, I am, you know. No, it's Hebrew. But in some unpronounceable form that we don't even have a record of because no one no one would document the vowels because they thought his name was so special that they didn't... They heard it and they went, oh, that's good. Okay, we got to write it down. But not the whole thing. Yeah. Because it's too, it's too glorious. People's heads will explode. So we don't even know how to say his name. But it doesn't matter because we know him. Because right. he called us. Like... Uh, it's just a neat thing. So I don't mind calling him Jesus. I like the name. I think it sounds cool. Uh, if you call him Joshua, he's still the Christ. You know, it's I when I prepped, I didn't think the conversation was going to go here. I didn't plan for it, but I'm glad that it did. I, I want to address a bananas teaching that is going around. Feed me. Are you ready? Shoot me this. There are those in Christian circles who well, if say, you, no, if you say what I think you're going to say, that's, you're ready. When you're praying to Jesus, no, which we discussed in the last episode, it's okay to pray to Jesus. If you don't call him no. Yeshua, no. if you, uh, let me, I know okay, I'm with ahead. you. All right. I'm not saying that I ascribed this teaching. You did this. You said it was bananas. So yeah. Okay. So let, let me go. Okay. Then unless you call him Yeshua, he does not know. You're talking to ah! him, and therefore, your prayers will not be heard. I told you it was banana. Yeah, that's whack. I know people who have submitted to this teaching. Uh, let's call that out as heresy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it heresy. It's dumb. It's, yeah, heresy gives it, uh, it elevates it too much. Yeah. That, that's really unfortunate that anyone, because, I mean, what did I just finish saying not that what i say is uh, gospel or whatever but it doesn't matter what you call him what it matters is does, that you call him what place does he have in your life yeah. like i mean what if you had no concept of a spoken language or a written language but you were seeking after god like what if that he called you and you didn't have a word in English or in Hebrew to identify him with or whatever, like, are you out, are you out of luck? Like, it's just so so stupid to say that 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 somehow hinges on that, you know. And 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 if you go, well, it's cool that you guys think that, and I think you're right, but you got to support it biblically. It's really simple. If you look at Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit came and the apostles began to speak in other tongues. It says in Acts 2 that those assembled there all heard the wonders of God, each in his own language. 
It's fine. Use whatever language you want. Call him Jesus. Call him Yeshua. Call him Jesus? Joshua. Call him Jesus. Great. Is it, it might be Jesus, actually. I might have butchered it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I, no. Either call him whichever. Which is it? I, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't I, matter. Thank you. What matters is that you call on Yeah. Hey, God. Hey, hey Savior guy. Whatever. Stop restricting people from getting to God by choosing what names or words or languages. Stop. He wishes that all would come to the knowledge of him. Not that all that would come to know his name. Right. Uh, stop. Just, just stop. Okay, here we go. Sorry. I, I forgot that that was a thing, and then when I remembered, it made me mad, so I wanted to address it. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, this is verse 22, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. It's Exodus 13. Um, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. They did it pigeons. again. They're bringing the Lord to offer him to the Lord. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh, Leviticus 12.8. You know, it's so funny because um, we, we talk, we use this verbiage, and we talked about it a lot when we were going through Romans. In church, it said that Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. He didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And this is just more of that fulfillment of um, when you your firstborn child was to be consecrated to the Lord, and with that, you were to bring a sacrifice to the temple. And um, it says a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Uh, this piece tells you that Mary and Joseph were broke as a joke um, because there were better offerings you were supposed to bring. But if you didn't have enough money for those, you could bring a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And I have wondered if that's because of this whole scandal surrounding Mary's pregnancy and their unmarried deal. If a lot of people weren't buying Joseph's fine handcrafted carpentry goods. Mm. Because that's the guy who's having the child out of wedlock. That's the guy whose wife got knocked up before they were together. Could be. I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, we don't I wonder. Know. I just wonder. I can't imagine it was a super easy life for Mary and Joseph. And uh, it doesn't really get much better. Like, it, it, gets, um, it gets rough. We don't hear much about Joseph after this. I can't tell you. We don't know if he maybe died while Jesus was young or even in his adulthood. He doesn't appear at the crucifixion with Mary, even though Mary's at the crucifixion. There's, so because we don't know, there's so many uh, ways you could go with what if, you know, yeah. and then, and we just, we just don't know. We don't know. But, um, I, I, I kind of wish we knew, but then at the same time, like in God's wisdom, he elected not to, not to preserve that for us. So, I want to know just because I'm interested, but regardless of what the answer is, it's not necessary for doctrine of salvation. No. And that's probably why it's left out. Could be. There's other stuff that's not necessary that's that's left in, but... True. Uh-oh. I just said what? not necessary. Uh-oh. What? Not necessarily for salvation. That's, yeah. yeah okay, that's fine. That, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. There's a lot uh, that's not necessary for salvation. <gasps> There's actually very little that is necessary for salvation. Amen. So, which is... Uh, good news. Anyway, good news. okay. So now, uh, verse twenty-five. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. 
it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. There's got to be more to this story that's not here. Because it just says that Mary and Joseph are walking to the temple with the baby, and dude just walks up and snatches him and starts babbling to the sky. There had to be a conversation of, excuse me, madam and sir. Uh, what are your names? Joseph, Mary, hi. Simeon, here's my story. Uh, God promised me I wouldn't die before I saw the Savior. And I've been waiting, and I'm here every day waiting. And you guys walked in with this kid, and I just know that I know that I know that he's the one. And Mary's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you a story. <laughs> Nine months ago, I was just chilling in my room, listening to some Backstreet Boys. And mm. No, it's probably listening to Backstreet Boys. She was just chilling, and God appeared to me and the whole story. And the reason I say that is this, because how else did we get this? other than Mary shared it with the disciples, who then shared it with Luke. Yeah, because judging by this, Simeon didn't live much longer. This is all he was (laughs) promised. He wasn't promised the day after this. So it's just cool. You may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. It's right there in 32, and the glory of your people Israel. It's right there in verse 32 that promise for us as Gentiles that it took it took another 35, 40, almost 50 years from this moment for anybody to figure out. Verse 33. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Whoa. That's not good news. But it's interesting to me, this whole idea that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. I've shared on the podcast before elsewhere. I'm teaching through the story of Acts. And I I love Acts. And one of the crazy things that happens is as Christianity starts to rise up and gain notoriety and popularity, particularly the leaders of Judaism at the time, the high priests and the teachers of the law, start making up stories, telling lies to stop the advance of Christianity. And that's funny to me to see this here where it says, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. These were men who were supposed to be the spiritual leaders of Israel, and they were willing to violate the law of God to maintain their position. It's just, it's amazing that the prophecy of it's here. I don't know. Uh, Verse 36, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of a guy I can't pronounce of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. I don't know what that means. She lived with her... Oh, I get it. That took me a second. She lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. So they were only married for seven years. And then uh, he died. 
and then she was a widow till she was 84. Or, or possibly there's a footnote here that says it could mean she was a widow for 84 years. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. There's some other stuff that's in Matthew's gospel, and we won't really dwell on it, but it's just important to mention because you're going, wait, what about the whole part where this, that, and the other thing? And uh, it's the story of the Magi come, and they meet with King Herod, and King Herod declares that all the... Boy, baby's got to be put to death. So Mary and Joseph bailed to Egypt for a while before they come back to Nazareth. And all of that stuff was to fulfill centuries-old prophecies that said he'd be called a Galilean or a Nazarene. I don't remember uh, now. Or And out of Egypt I have called my son. And all of these what looked like conflicting prophecies about the Messiah that all were fulfilled in the way Jesus' young life went. One of the things I've shared before that there's things missing in the Bible. There's things I wish were in there that weren't in there. Not that the Bible's incomplete. I just wish they were in there. Kind of like we were talking about with what happened to Joseph. Sure. I want to know what happened between verse 40 and 41. Because every year, verse 41, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival oh. of the Passover. Verse 42, when he was 12 years old, what happened from 1 to 12? Because I got to tell you, if you've had kids... Them are some years where you'd like some advice. <laughs> and we got nothing of Jesus in that time. Uh, when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Well, how do you lose a kid? Well, they traveled in large family groups. He could have been with his aunt and uncle or whoever else. That's how. Don't, Mary and Joseph weren't that inept. It, it's possible to lose a child. You named two other people. Who? Mary and Joseph were traveling with Jesus's aunt and uncle. No, no, no. Aunts and uncles and such. Uh, mothers, fathers, grandparents, distant cousins. And so, such. You're, so you're saying by this point, because I've heard this before, like, well, yeah. they're probably traveling with a large group. Yeah. But uh, Mary and Joseph had the scandal and the family wouldn't take them in for the birth. But then maybe they're all reunited now? Very possible, because we know that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Yes. James, uh, Jude, uh, some other dudes probably. Sure. They probably weren't all 12 years younger than Jesus. Sure. At this time, they've got other kids as well. I believe that. Probably much more socially acceptable to be seen with Mary and Joseph at this point. It's all been right. 12 years. All right. Uh, it's my guess. They still, they left their kid. <laughs> they did. Hey, I left for church once without a kid. Okay. My wife goes, uh, my wife sings at our church. She goes uh, about an hour and a half before I do. And one Saturday, we're all getting ready for bed, and one of my kids goes, I want to go with Sharon in the morning. My wife's name is Sharon. And I said, okay, that's fine. So the next morning, I got all the other kids up, and we're in the car about to leave, and I call my wife, and I go, uh, you have this child, right? And she goes, no, no, she didn't want to get up. She didn't go. I'm pulling out of my driveway. Mm. Child was still in bed asleep. You have to get up now. We have to go. Clever girl. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I I left, but I didn't get very far without a kid once. Anyway, uh, thinking, verse 44, thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. 
Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. See, there were other no, relatives right. and friends. All right. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days. He's on milk cartons now. He's like on the side of buses. Have you seen me? They're using the digital recreation. He's three days older. This is how he looked when we lost him. This is how he looked. No, that didn't happen. Anyway. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. That's not my father. (laughs) A 12-year-old kid would say, that's not my real dad. Uh, It's pretty much what he says, but it's not what he says. Verse 49, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? They did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And that takes us to the end of chapter 2, but takes us to the other part that's missing from the Bible. What happened between 12 and 30? Because these are even worse times than 0 to 12. I don't know if any of you have had a 13 to 29-year-old, but... They're frustrated. I don't even have a 29-year-old. My oldest is 21. But um, they're frustrating human beings. I would have loved to have known what Jesus was like during that time or at least had an account of it because it says he was obedient to them. So I could go to my kids and go, why can't you be more like Jesus? Mm -hmm. He was obedient to his parents. And that's when they roll their eyes at me and I don't know, whatever. But. They stopped uh, listening. They typically then, yeah. stopped listening uh, right about the time they turned 12, 13. That's usually when they shut it off, which we do have a count that Jesus didn't because he says he went home with his parents and was obedient to them, and he grew in wisdom and in stature.